Our readings from Genesis and from the Gospel of Matthew both feature stories that give us a little glimpse behind the curtain to how God does God's work in the world. When we left Jacob last week, he had just gotten his brother Esau to sell him his birthright for a bowl of soup. Amen. And we skipped over a bit of the story, but before we get to where we are this morning, Jacob goes on to then trick his father Isaac by putting goat skin on his arms so he would be hairy like his brother Esau. And he goes into his father and covered in this hair, gets his father to give him the blessing that would go to Esau. Now, when this trick is discovered, Isaac says, I've given the blessing and that's where it will stay, but Esau is angry and threatens to kill his brother. And so Rebekah, the mother, says, send Jacob away back to where I came from. We'll tell him he's going to find a wife and maybe in the meantime, Esau will calm down. And so that's where we are this morning. Jacob is traveling back to his mother's birthplace. He's gone as far as he can go in daylight and stops at this place simply because it is dark and it's time to stop. He uses a stone for a pillow and then falls asleep and is given a vision in his dream. We talk about this as Jacob's ladder, even though it's quite clear it's God's ladder that's involved in the story, but Jacob gets this glimpse of this place where heaven and earth are connected and angels are moving up and down, back and forth between the two places. And God comes to Jacob and tells him that God is with him and will stay with him even when Jacob's schemes don't necessarily work out as planned God will continue to be at work in the world and in Jacob's life. And God promises Jacob that his descendants will be like the dust of the earth and will spread north and south and east and west. And when Jacob wakes up, he remembers his dream and realizes that this place that maybe when he first stopped that seemed so ordinary was clearly a sacred place. He uses that stone pillow to build an altar to remember that here he learned that the kingdom of God was not someplace far away and separate, but instead was connected and active in the world. That was Jacob's glimpse behind the curtain into how God works we pick up in the Gospel of Matthew with Jesus continuing to tell parables to the folks that are following him to reveal to his disciples and his followers the way God works and how the kingdom of God works. And so he tells a story of wheat and weeds. 
He talks about a sower that cast out the good seed. And in Matthew, Jesus tends to explain parables more than he does in other gospels. And so Jesus says, and the sower that cast, throws out the good seed, that's the son of man. And then this seed takes root and grows. For then Jesus also warns that there is evil in the world and that there are the enemy that cast out weeds that grow amongst the wheat. Now, when in the story the servants come and say, should we pull the weeds up? Jesus said, we would expect Jesus to say immediately, yes, get these weeds out of this field of wheat so that they don't cause damage. But instead, Jesus says, we have to leave them to uproot one would uproot the other. Now us sitting here listening to it, maybe you want to kind of take Jesus to the side and say, are you sure you don't want to rethink this? Like clearly you want to get rid of the weeds from the wheat. But what we have to understand is when Jesus is telling them this story, he's actually talking about a very particular weed. This weed is what we would call in our modern language, bearded darnel. And it's a curious weed because what bearded darnel does is when it takes root, its roots will then seek out and find the roots of good plants and wrap itself around so that the water and the nutrients that you give to the good plants, it gets to siphon off and take for itself. And now the really tricky thing about good darnel, not just that it enmeshes itself with the good plants, but is that it looks just like wheat. So there is no way for someone to stand there and look at a field of wheat that has bearded darnel in it and say, well, that's the weed and that's the wheat. So to try to remove the weed from this field, one, you're going to destroy all of the roots of the plant, but two, you may rip out the wheat right along with the weeds because you just can't tell the difference. The only time that you can sort out darnel from wheat is at the harvest time. Because when wheat gets finished being wheat, right, and we're, going, we're stretching my knowledge of farming, but when wheat is ready to harvest and the grain head is ready, right, to be taken in and milled and turned into bread, wheat begins to bend over because the grain is so heavy. But darnel doesn't make grain. And so it still stays standing up just like the wheat had been doing until it was ripe. And so at that point you can easily walk through and find the standing up straight darnel and say that's the weed and rip it out and then you harvest the wheat and take it to the barn. That's why Jesus says that patience is needed. That the field needs to be tended to and given care and nutrients and water because we won't know what was sown by the Son of Man versus what was sown by the evil one until we see the fruits that each one bears. 
Now, we might be a little tempted to focus on Jesus saying that those weeds will be gathered up and burned and that those that are found to be evildoers at the end of the age will go to a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But what's really important to pay attention is to the details that Jesus is giving because when the harvest comes at the end of the age, it is not for us to decide who is wheat or who is weed. It doesn't happen on our time or with our understanding. The justice that comes at the end of the age is on God's time and is through God's work that the harvest happens. The job of the wheat, if we are the wheat, isn't to judge the stalk standing next to us, but is to continue to grow and to try to bear fruit and to thrive. So what does this mean for us as a church in the 21st century so far removed from wheat and weeds? I think Jesus is telling us that when we look at the world, we need to know that we can't necessarily tell the difference between those that are in and those that are out. I think it means as communities of faith, we have to be careful about coming up with rules on our terms that say some people are included and others are excluded. And we have to be very careful to not be too quick to decide that somebody needs to be rooted out because we think that it's a weed because when we do that we very well may hurt ourselves a lot about what we understand about people in the world has changed since the time of jesus we've learned a lot more about how physically the world works the sun rising and setting and how plants grow we've learned that disease and sickness that at one time was blamed on you just weren't living right or your parents did something wrong we now know is caused by bacteria or viruses and for many of us we can think about folks in our lives that we might have once been pretty sure were weeds but through grace and reconciliation are very much on their way to being wheat and probably, if we looked real hard at ourselves, we know that we've gone through that transformation too. Amen. Jesus talks in the parable about the field as being the whole world, but as we've come to understand people being such complex creatures, I think for each person might be its own little field in and of itself. Each of us perhaps is both weed and wheat. Martin Luther, who 500 years ago caused a big upset by nailing 95 theses to the door of a church, is normally attributed with saying that all men are simultaneously sinner and saint. And that we are saints only because we are redeemed by the grace and blood of Jesus Christ. So if we stop and think about this, that inside of us there is both the possibility of fruitful harvest 
and weeds that need to be rooted out and we link about Jesus's parable, are we meant to just sit here and passively wait, right? It's only God that sorts out sinner and saints, so we just kind of continue on. But I don't think that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Jesus is calling us to give God the time that God needs to complete God's work. But while we are here, we are called to tend and nurture ourselves and each other. I don't know much about wheat, but I do know a little bit about tending a lawn in the southeast. And that that means, particularly on a rainy summer like we've had this year, that you deal with all sorts of weeds that show up in your lawn. Some are easy to identify because they're broad-leafed and they have shallow roots and you can walk by and just kind of pull them up. or you don't feel like pulling things up, you can walk by and use a little weed killer to make them go away, but you can pick them out easily. But then others are harder, like crab grass. I don't know if you spend much time thinking about grass, but crab grass is very insidious because it will take root and spread out in the lawn. So it's not like you can just go pull up one clump of crab grass and deal with it. Um, because there's another patch over there that will come up and it will keep spreading itself back around. The best way, though, I have read and I try real hard to practice to avoid weeds like crabgrass is to make sure that you have good grass to start with, that it's well watered, that it has nutrients, that even though it's hot outside and you maybe only want to mow the grass twice a month, you don't cut it too short. You let it stay at the height where it does its best because what happens is when the good grass is nourished, it becomes so thick that the weeds can't take root. So I don't think we just wait for the harvest that God is going to bring to the earth. I think we come together as communities so that we ourselves can be nourished and we can nourish each other. We nourish each other through worship, through song, through study of scripture, through sacraments. And when we begin to neglect that life together of worshiping God, it's when it's very easy for us to be overtaken by negativity or anger or selfish agendas. If we are not nourished, then we become communities of discord. We spread weeds where we go instead of building up wheat. The story of God's work in the world is always a complex one. We may want things to happen now. We may want to easily be able to tell wheat from weed. We may eagerly await other people's downfall, not paying attention to the sickness that we have in our own life. But what we learn from Jacob's ladder and what we learn from the parable of the wheat and the weeds is that wherever we may find ourselves, 
whether it's in the desert at night with a stone for a pillow, or if it's in a middle of a field where we don't know who is standing next to us, we know that God's promise is the same. It's the same promise that he made to Abraham, and it's the same promise that he makes to Jacob this morning, and it's the same promise that we have today, that God is with us and will, will keep us no matter where we go, Amen. and that God will not leave us until his work is done as he has promised it. Amen.